We are very excited about today's call, but before we, we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us about the product that you have for us. This is like the number one must have on everyone's list this year if you don't already have one. This is the cell phone pop socket. Steven, have you seen a pop socket before? I did. I think the very first time it was maybe about six months ago when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's cool. What's that? But yeah, so I have I have seen them. So pop sockets, for those of you who aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, they are adhesives that go on the back of your cell phone and they expand out and in different directions. So it kind of creates like a handle for your phone. So your fingers go around it so you don't drop it. It's a little sturdier when you're taking your selfies. It's really helpful. And the way it expands and moves, you're able to adjust it so that your phone can stand up. So we, of course, have a Pageant Planet pop socket that is like the ultimate stocking stuffer for any pageant girl on your list. And you can even slip it into your own stocking. Awesome. So you can, um, does it need any special requirements to attach on the back of the phone or can it is there certain phones that it works better with or does it, is it universal? Works for all smartphones, all tablets, works directly on your phone. If you are one of those brave souls that operates without a case, I am not that person, but it fits perfectly on my case and universally just the stickiness, like just adheres really, really well. And it is uh, good for, um, as much wear and tear as you can possibly put on it. I use mine all the time and it never wavers. And it doesn't matter if you do it portrait or landscape. I mean, it, it works universal, right? It does work universal. Of course, like the placement is important depending upon the type of phone you have, where the weight is distributed. I like to um, hold mine up horizontally. So that's my personal preference. I like to watch YouTube videos, etc. There are a lot of YouTube videos though that depending upon um, what phone you have, it will tell you where you wanna put your pop socket based on the weight and how you wanna have the orientation. So when in doubt, like check out YouTube based on your phone models or pop sockets. They're pretty much existing, they exist for pretty much like any phone model. Yeah, and I am one of those rebels without a case, nor do I carry, <gasps> in, nor do I even carry insurance. That's how confident oh! I am in my ability not to drop it. Um, you live on the edge, my friend. Well, like a wild child. Okay, so how much does it cost? Where can they find it? Give us the details. Yeah, it's only $7.99. So like I said, this is like the perfect stocking stuffer this year for anyone on your list. And as always, you can find it at shop.thepageantplanet.com. Free shipping. Oh, and it's pretty good because most of them are like 9 10 bucks. So yeah, $7.99. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode today, Jesse and myself. We're going to discuss the Miss Universe pageant that just happened. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. So, we are hot on the heels of last well, last night's Miss Universe pageant for us, but for those listening, it was a few days ago. Um, so Miss Universe is very much the Super Bowl of pageantry, depending upon what system you follow. Um, so as always, I think there were 92 contestants from all over the world came together and competed for the coveted title of Miss Universe, which as we know, falls under the Miss Universe organization umbrella. So with that is Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, and those are the big three that you see doing a ton of marketing um, all across the year. And it's definitely the more model-based, so you see a lot of long legs, 
um, and a lot of like phenomenal figures. And that was no different from last night. Yeah, I, I like that hot on the heels. So that was nice use of alliteration there. With then we also had three new countries that's never competed in a universe before. I don't remember which three they were. It um, was Laos, La- Laos, Laos, Cambodia, and was it Iraq? Was Iraq the? Oh no, Iraq. Iraq no, Iraq was like forty plus years. Croatia is kind of in my mind. Is that? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I, I I don't remember. I didn't. It write was it definitely down. Cambodia and Laos for yeah. sure. I remember those two because I was like, oh, that's how you say it. <laughs> I see it. And I was like, oh, okay, nice job, Steve. You got that one right. Um, all right, so you want to start with the the over- the just overall feel of the show, like your viewpoints, broad strokes, and then we'll get into some coaching elements, and then we'll kind of talk about Miss South Africa. Sure. So the first thing I would say, I thought the production value was amazing. I was nervous because if anyone saw the teaser photos from preliminaries, well, one, they didn't webcast preliminaries, which they seem like they always do. And two, the photos were like in a really cramped ballroom that was very, um, I don't know, unregal is a word, but did you see the pictures, Steven? I didn't see them. Mm -mm. I lost a lot of hope. I was very worried about the show, but they really came to play I thought the montages were fantastic. I think they did an amazing job showcasing the women, um, their accomplishments, et cetera. But I, I love the production value. Were you pleased? Yeah, I, I thought it was awesome. And leading up, I saw a different set of photos, the girls out and around the town and you know, showcasing the products and different things like that. So I didn't see those particular photos that you're making reference to. But you just kind of never know with I, IMG because they're just they're so new to the game. So yeah. <laughs> um, but Production value, love the fact that I felt like I got to know each of the um, 90-some contestants more intimately than ever before. Because traditionally, it's like, oh, here's all the girls. They walk out, and then they jump right immediately into calling out the top, you know, whatever they choose to do for that year. So this year, I really liked the fact that I, I felt like I knew each of them just a little bit more than just a still photo that you have leading up to the the pageant. What would you like did you like that? No? I, I loved that. And I will say, and I'm sure we'll get here, but for a three-hour pageant, I didn't think we saw enough of the girls. There's a lot of great backstory, but I felt like I felt like introductions were rushed because unlike many years, they didn't introduce themselves. It was announced over the speaker as they were walking out. And then even the individual walks, I feel, were cut really short. So I think they still need to find that perfect balance of on stage featuring the contestants and video packages. Yeah, but one thing's for sure with uh, IMG coming to the table, it seems like more so than ever before, America is being forced, like Miss America is being forced to up their game of production, which is forcing IMG. So that competitive value there is giving us a different and fresh look on both both systems, which I love that. Yeah, I do too. I think there's a lot of like old school Miss Universe following followers that are frustrated by this because Miss Universe, Miss USA used to be like the beauty pageant. That was the name of their game. And they're kind of flirting with that line now. So it's a little bit different than it used to be. Some people love the direction. Some people really would like to see them go back to their roots. Um, so it's personal preference. I, I like the beauty pageant element of it um, because it is Miss Universe. I mean, that's what it's known for. Um, but I certainly don't mind showcasing to the rest of the non-pageant world that these girls 
do have vision, do have brains, do have accomplishments. Yeah. Well, to that point, um, you want to talk a little bit about highlighting the accomplishments of title holders, how they did that, and then specifically maybe Miss Iraq. Like, what were your thoughts on pulling her out and spending so much time just on her story? Yeah. Can you can you remember a time where they did that with any one contestant? Because I I couldn't think of one. No, I couldn't, and that's probably partially where the three hours went because I felt like they derailed not derailed in a negative way but just from the main production by focusing so much on like her individual stories and and certain other people's like that yeah you know i i liked that they took a really social activism role i think there were several montages that feature like a unity message um so that's the first thing they did and with miss iraq for those of you who aren't able to watch it yet so sorry for the spoilers you're going to get tonight um but for those of you who weren't able to watch they did a feature on miss iraq given the the current turmoil and women's rights etc and it was a really nice feature and i saw a lot of grumbling people like oh now we know miss iraq's going to be in and she did not make the cut so i i liked that they used that stage um no pun intended to really catapult that issue and showcase the progressivism around the world, especially in the Middle East. Uh, I think that's important. I mean, we have this opportunity where all these countries are together, so it's a good opportunity. Um, And I like that they featured all those accomplishments. Like Miss Venezuela has the biggest reputation for just being like Venezuela bot. Like they are produced to participate in Miss Universe robots. Mm -hmm. Like, But then you have her saying like, I'm the first Miss Universe to ever have a job in the corporate world, which I thought was so cool because of the stigma around that culture and how they prepare for Miss Universe. I mean, she was absolutely stunning. So, I mean, she definitely fit the bill as a Miss Venezuela there. Um, So I I like that they're featuring the international accomplishments. Um, It's important because it's such a global scale. So it's, I think it makes the world smaller for women. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And for those of you that haven't read that article on pageant planet, there's like girls in order to compete in Miss Venezuela. A lot of them get something called saints, um, which is like really wealthy guys that basically finance this, um, their journey to Miss Venezuela. I mean, it's basically a hundred dollars a month is the average national salary. And it costs like 30 grand for them to compete in Miss Venezuela. If you're like wow. in the top 20. So they have to get these like investors and there's, um, sometimes these girls are expected to do, you know, sexual favors in exchange for this money. <laughs> Though they're never like uh, girls went on record saying it, but like withholding their name and stuff. So it's a really crazy situation. Um, so maybe this was Miss Universe's opportunity to somewhat spin that around so that they're like, no, 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 not everybody in Venezuela is like that. We, we got another one here that's just, that's not like completely sold out in the negative. So, um, and these girls are just, in their defense, they're trying anything that they can, can to get out of this um, mm-hmm. poverty. And many of them say like, as soon as they even make it to the top 20 girls who compete in Miss Venezuela, they get modeling contracts and all this kind of stuff where they can, they make that 30 grand back like so quick. Like in Absolutely. no time at all. Yeah. Think about like countries like, so Philippines, Colombia, Venezuela, maybe even Mexico all come to mind is like, yeah, that's celebrity status for those women. So yeah. it's highly coveted positions. hundred percent. Um, okay. What did you think about the separation of continents dividing into three groups and then having the wild card group? So I think I'm in the minority here. I loved it um, because, you know, we hear it every year. It's always uh, like Latino America, like Latin America does so well in this universe. 
And like, is it a competition for anyone else? People get overlooked because of these sash countries. Um, so those of you not familiar with the term sash country or sash state um, simply means like they just get a double look from the judges because of where they're from or they're expected to because of the reputation. So I liked breaking this down and I still think the right person won regardless, regardless of if they did that or not. And I think a lot like people always like, well, what if the, be the best 16 should be up there or whatever it is? And I still thought it was a pretty solid. Like, yeah, there's girls that are left out every single year, though, that we want to see in there. So I didn't mind. I liked having the separation. I liked newer countries being able to be featured. Um, and again, I still think the right person won. So as long as that's the end goal, I mean, nothing to complain about for me. What did you think? Um, from a marketing and a business perspective, I totally get it. Because the more that you can engage the world, the longer that country is going to watch. Like, for example, China made top 16. There's a billion people that live in China. So that's going to help bolster your numbers. And um, the more that you can engage the entire world, the higher your viewership, the more that you can go back to Fox next year and say, look how many you know people watched. So you should give us a better contract. And the more that you can leverage that to go to sponsors, get more money, um, mm. et cetera. So again, I, I, from a business and advertising perspective, I really loved it. Um, from you and I know that like when Trump owned it, <laughs> and even uh, with the transition, their rules was just said, we can take the judge's votes into consideration. Meaning, oh, Jesse, you scored her a two. We'll take it into consideration, but we really think that she needs to be in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically what it meant. So in essence, they got to handpick whatever finalist. And then it's like, oh, out of these 10 girls, we don't care who wins. Just pick pick one of them. We'll be fine with any of them. That's basically what they did in the past. And nobody really openly rebelled against it because it wasn't openly promoted. I feel like the reason why this is so um, has gotten a lot of negative backlash is because when they threw it out there, then all of a sudden... They brought it to the public's eye and the public's like, wait, wait, that's not fair. When what you said, it's it's more fair than it's ever been in that organization because because of that. I mean, the top um, 16 girls that deserve to be in there as far as from a pageant perspective, being well-rounded and all that, they weren't necessarily selected at all if you know the organization didn't necessarily get, um, get along with them or Trump didn't like them, et cetera. So uh, this is more fair for this organization has ever been and to have those four wild cards there it's just that it's a wild card so i mean any girl can make it in in addition to the four from each girl group and what was the what the phrase they used to use the top 16 are determined by the preliminary judges and the miss universe organization like yeah it was just like skirted over so quickly and like nobody ever really thought twice until it started to get later into the um the Trump regime and all like they had the fight with the Miss Pennsylvania USA who claimed it was rigged. And then it really started coming to the forefront. Like how fair is this contest and what do we, what do we not know? So at least they're being transparent about it. I, I don't mind it. Again, yeah. I still think the right girl won. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters to me. But did, okay. So did you notice this? Like during the show, when they came back to the group of five girls um, and then they were talking about the women's issues and you had like Egypt in there and you had um, a few others, but South Africa was always in there. None of the other girls were basically anywhere else in the competition, in the top 16. Mm. But South Africa was in there every time. Because I was like, why do they just keep showing only these group of five girls? And then because South Africa, she looked very different. She had her hair pulled back, but she was sitting on the far left. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Because, I mean, I 
um, me, like a lot of other people, thought South Africa would win. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's South Africa. Okay. Like, there's got to be a reason why you're only showing these five girls because you know hmm. that's not the only people who like answered that question on television. You know, it's funny. I didn't notice that until you just mentioned it. And it reminds me of when Deshauna won Miss USA, Mm -hmm. when she was featured in every single package. And again, it like, it's not telling the judges who to pick, but it's certainly like we always say, like being memorable is the name of the game in these large pageants. So creating that memory, I mean, again, it probably wasn't a true directive, but it certainly pushed. Yeah, it, it, it it causes you to be like, hmm, that's interesting. So, um, all right. So there's that. Did you like bringing Luciera and oh, what's what's the guy's name again? Not Steve oh, Harvey. Carson, so Carson Kressley used to be Carson. on Clear Eye for the Straight Guy, which was like my mom's favorite show in the '90s. So like, I will never forget him. Um, I, so Luciera is very intimidating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, a, I probably would like curl up in a ball if I was ever within ten feet of her because like she is such a strong, confident woman. Like with she knows who she is. Like, that's all you can say about her. And it was interesting. And I, I almost didn't, didn't like it. Not because I didn't like her commentary, but one, she and Carson talked over each other quite a bit. Yeah. And that I found distracting. And two, she knows the contestants so well that she clearly had her favorites. And I think it's fine for the commentators to have favorites, but I like, they loved, they couldn't stop talking about Thailand for one. Um, and then they had other fate like Spain. They love Spain. So, I, w- I would like a little more biased of an opinion, and I think she is so tied to the contestants that it's tough to separate. Yeah, and I mean, I've heard just amazing things about, I've never met her in person, but behind the scenes, like Luciera, um, with the same way of Julia Michaels, like behind the scenes, she's just like, you know, sweet and just who she is. But sometimes when people get on television, they have that just alter ego, the, yeah, the uh, Sasha Fierce that comes out. And mm-hmm. I feel like hers is that even to a more more stronger than what even what she appears to be in one on one. Because I've heard a lot of people say she's very inspiring, very encouraging. But when the cameras go on, I feel like it's taken up another level. I don't really connect with that a lot, but that's just me and my personality. I mean, it's nothing against her or anything. I just don't connect with those person like those that alpha kind of personality type. <laughs> um, Again, it's just not my thing. So if somebody comes on really strong, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and that, I felt I felt that between so Carson is definitely has like an alpha personality, likes to be a star, and as does Lou. So the two of them together, it was almost too much because like during evening gown, it's supposed to be this really elegant, soft, fit, feminine experience. Like definitely some soft power in there too. But I just felt like they just they talked pretty forcefully over the entire competition. And it just, it didn't, it didn't flow nicely for me. Yeah. And I mean, this is for everybody listening. It's a good, it's a good learning skill because one, you're not necessarily going to please everyone. So you just got to be yourself. But um, especially when you're on an open mic, you're always going to have a small segment of people or a large, depending on where, (laughs) how you present yourself that just don't like you, don't like your style. That's understandable. But when you're on a one-on-one, you can read people a little bit better. And, um, you know, for somebody like Jesse and I, Tone it, tone it down. And it's okay because you're not necessarily giving up who you are. You're just confident enough in yourself to cater to the other person for the ultimate good of humanity rather than just always pushing your own agenda. So, uh, One thing I did want to say that Lou mentioned, and I, for all of you listening, 
she made a comment about Thailand not touching her dress. So if you remember, Thailand had that really beautiful navy gown with the the two really massive cape detail, like yeah. trains. Yeah. She had a comment about her not needing to touch her dress when she walked. And I just wanted to applaud her for saying that. People always feel like they need to touch their dress or play with it or fly it or float it or whatever. So kudos, Lou, for hitting that point home. That is a definite, like, yes, please. Yeah. And, I mean, it's clear that she she – obviously knows what she's talking about. She's a very accomplished coach and yeah, Mm -hmm. so she's the best, but, um, okay, cool. Um, you want to move on to just coaching elements since you already transitioned there a little bit anyways? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I was a little disappointed overall, Steven, in the quality of the walks from a lot of the contestants. Did you notice that at all? Or was that just me being like, cranky? (laughs) No, no, I, I totally get it. But like most of these girls aren't coached though. Like, I mean, coaching is very popular here in America, but I feel like a lot of the other countries are still coming into actually being coached. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I said this to you via text. So for those listening, like Steven and I text the entire show every year. Um, so that's like really where the good stuff happens. Um, <laughs> but for example, like we saw the America's group introduced first and those walks were all phenomenal. Like you have, again, Latin America, South America, USA, Canada. Um, and these are the countries that like come to win every single year. And then you had beautiful contestants in Europe and in many of the Asia Pacific countries, but they, and Africa, um, but they weren't as polished in their walk. Um, so that is just like something I can't stress enough. Posture was a major deal. One thing I've seen a lot lately is bent knees when you're walking and it just like looks very unbalanced and it really interrupts the line of sight. So if you're practicing your walk and you're looking at this year's Miss Universe, like see if you can point those things out, practice it in your living room and see if you're see if you can make sure that you're rectifying that in yourself. Yeah. And you know, shameless plug, if you don't know, if you've never taken a walking course or a posing course and you're planning on like, especially if you want to win, you need to just to even just to make sure that you're on your right track. And right now, like we have, it's a hundred dollars for two walking and posing sessions with you, Jesse. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. can find them by just going to, um, going to, uh, under, it says like, uh, services on our website. And it says like one-on-one coaching. So you can book Jesse. It all takes place via Skype and she can course correct you right there. So, um, yeah, agreed. And there was a thing with um, them walking up and down the steps that you and I, um, that you and I talked about. Yeah, they, a lot of them, so if you get steps in a pageant, I mean, gosh, steps are like the scariest thing in the world to a pageant girl wearing (laughs) six inch heels. A lot of them were sidestepping down the steps. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And as and I mean, between the two options, I mean, take precaution. Yeah, you can like look down, but it was like sidestep, look down. It was almost like they popped the emergency brake, almost like they've never walked down steps before in high heels. So I'm going to make a really funny, and um, I mean the nicest when I say this. When you watch the ESPYs, which is the sports award show, and you have a lot of female athletes who never wear – I mean, they live in their <laughs> yeah. their athlete outfits, their uniforms, and you see them walking at the ESPYs in their heels and their gowns, and they look gorgeous, but you can just tell, like, that's not their natural state. Like, it almost felt like that. Yeah. So, like, practice, practice, 
practice in your heels in your house down the stairs. I mean, find places that put you in uncomfortable environments. Because I remember my first year at Miss New York, there was a ramp that we had to walk down in evening gown. Walk down the ramp in evening gown. Mm. Like really? Yeah. Who expected that? I mean, <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, so just put yourself in those positions to practice in those shoes as much as possible. And I say every time I looked down at, at Miss International and everyone was like, don't look down. And I felt more confident looking down, just knowing I had that, that step solid and I could look up with this like beaming smile on instead of looking nervous or wibbly wobbly or losing my smile and thinking too much. Yeah. Do whatever makes you comfortable. But like you have to, you have to bring it regardless. Yeah, and as a judge, I've never marked off for a girl looking down when she's walking down the steps. But it's when you're that awkward sidestep plus looking down. It's like mm, it doesn't really set the stage for a powerful woman. Um, that you know, powerful woman during evening gown. If you want to, if you want a course of how you should present yourself in high heels. Watch Dancing with the Stars and see what some of those girls do when they're. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable! <laughs> right? It's crazy what they do. Um, can we talk about swimsuit a little bit? Totally, yeah, absolutely. When you're competing in like Universe USA, regardless of what level, you gotta have a swimsuit body that's more in alignment with a fitness model physique than a a soft pageant girl look. Now, not saying that you gotta be ripped, but you gotta have the muscle tone, and that's what starts to set girls apart. And you don't have to be shredded. You don't have to have to show a six pack or whatever, but you got to be firm. And mm-hmm. a lot of these girls, they're skinny, but as soon as they turn around, like you can see in the butt area, their their butt's flat or there's just not a clear definition between where their butt ends and their leg begins. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just that, not that tone. And those yeah. kinds of things, um, TV, it'll pick us up like ruthlessly, but on stage under those lights, it really shows up big time. And I've been in several pageants where I was judging and it's like the director tells me that, that he's like, you know, we can change the walk. We can change the clothes. Can't change the body. It's too soon. <laughs> like yeah. We don't have enough time. And yeah. so between two girls, if two girls are neck and neck, I, I have to pick the one with the better body or the body mm-hmm. that's that's more that's ready to go on to the next level. Yeah. So and, and it's not just the body, Stephen, right? It's the discipline that goes with that goes into the body. Yeah. I mean, it's it's working out. It's eating right because mm-hmm. you can be organically skinny, but not have any kind of tone. Then you yeah. call it skinny fat. You just there's you, you squeeze the girl's arm and it's just like, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just squishy. You know, there's not there's not that that tone in there. So no judgment either way. But if you want to win this pageant, it, that's that's just it's part of the game. It's just part of the game. Do you remember them if they said that the swimsuits were sponsored by someone this year? I don't. I felt like I, I don't remember, but I felt like they all had different swimsuits. If I'm thinking back, because I mean there was I think some. They all looked similar, but they were all different so i don't know if they were sponsored or what but the one thing i thought across the board i didn't like was they all had like full coverage bottoms Mm -hmm. and that didn't help so a lot of contestants did have more of a pear shape um and different body types are lauded differently across the world so that's it is what it is yeah um but i thought the bottoms were really unflattering for most contestants and i use this as a moment like if you're preparing for swimsuit for your pageant and you're looking at different bottoms a lot of people will buy bigger if they're like i say bigger like more coverage if they're more um, self-conscious about their lower half 
And I'm here to tell you like that is not bigger doesn't mean more flattering. I think it's like if last night taught me anything in swimsuit, it's go for the cut that elongates the leg. So it cuts a little bit higher naturally has the scoop front that brings your torso a little bit longer. Like it's so important to think about how that particular swimsuit is going to flatter your body. Not everyone is built with the same body, but those are some foundational pieces that are so important that judges look for the long legs, the elongated torso, et cetera. So like take a look at that video again, watch back and be able to, to critique. Yep. Agreed. Um, so what about the, the mini question answer session with, with Steve? Was that part even judged or like after he called him out, he was just kind of chatting with him a little bit? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think it was judged. I think it was more of a getting to know you piece. Um, but just like at Miss USA, you and I had almost this exact conversation. So I don't think we need to go into it like crazy, but the girls that just had fun with it and played, like played back and forth with Steve, I thought were way more successful than the contestants that had a clear agenda. And I think you could tell when they did have an agenda. Yeah. Or that was, that was America where they did that. And it was with, because I only remember that because of the bachelor, I um, remember the bachelor comment where the girl was like, Oh, I'd totally be on the bachelor, but those things don't work out. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But, um, but agreed. Like, I feel like us, um, for miss USA, I mean, I mean, she didn't, she didn't move on. And I feel like she took that and, tried to turn it into a, like a more of a serious opportunity that presented mm-hmm. like, I'm just trying way too hard versus yeah. just having fun with it. Um, Cause she's like, I had a question for you, <laughs> which wasn't really much of a question. It was like, Hey, I want to talk about my platform. Um, yeah. What I want to use this for. And it was just, it just came across as a totally different flair than all the other girls that was sneaking up there. And I felt like that was a really good opportunity for these judges to get to know the personalities of the girls because they didn't see them in an interview. It's a completely different <laughs> set of judges. Yeah. And the same thing was, so Columbia was, I think after USA and back to back, it was just like a groan. Like she had to do the scripted Oscar speech. And I, it made me think of her as disingenuous the entire night because she went from this giggly over the top personality, this really deep, um, melodramatic speech. And I didn't trust her after that. Mm. Um, and granted I might be in the minority there too, because she was first runner up. Um, but I just didn't, like, it was so serious that I thought it like, brought everybody down a little bit yeah well the only the only reason i would give her i'm i'm with you on that because it was youth usa but the only reason i would give her more of a pass and not so much usa is because he asked her like recite a because that was her thing like she memorized people's um speeches and so i was like okay like she was called on the spot and i mean that was the first one that came to her mind um what was it like if you think you die (laughs) so i'm like okay well she just rattled it off and and that was the one that came to her, but sure. Um, so that, but I totally get what you're, what you're saying. A hundred percent. I was pretty pleased with the evening outs overall. I mm-hmm. mean, I thought pretty solid showing a lot of them were a little costumey, but I thought for Miss universe, they were right on par. Not, not a lo- ton of like snooze fests. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. I, I still feel like Iris had the best, <laughs> best Dude, count. Body, come <laughs> yeah. on. It's ridiculous. I, when she walked, I was just like, wow, best dress of the night right there was yeah. her. Um, and it was just, she looked like a Barbie doll. She looked it was flawless. It was simple too, right? Mm-hmm. Like it goes to show like fit is everything. Like her, if you have a rocking body, like you don't need all the extra stuff. Like just have a gown that showcases like your angles and like you are good to go. Yeah. I did like Philippines gown. Um, it was kind of the one to cut out and more I don't know, silver. Oh, I liked Philippines. Yeah. Gown. Yeah. Philippines. I, nice d- gown. 
I think the one, I, well, I didn't like the one with the feathers on it. I think that was Spain. Um, and then there was one other one I didn't like. Oh, Thailand. I didn't like, I liked Thailand's gown with the exception of like the flaps on the back. I liked the, yeah. the tape, but I didn't like the, the velvet flaps. Yeah. Otherwise, pretty great showing from this universe all around. Yep. It, it, all the dresses were really unique. It wasn't like standard blah, like, no, you know, borderline not. prom dress. So, yeah. um, okay. So speaking of, I'll say this about gowns. I might be in the minority of this. I was, I wasn't crazy about, um, South Africa's evening gown. I saw it. I was like, mm, not a fan. It just, it seemed short when she walked. I mean, it mm-hmm. actually, it, was, she, it definitely was short. But when she stood still, it looked like it was like perfectly on the floor. Yeah. But when she walked, it it mm. there's like, gosh, is this a teacup? Like tea, a teacup? Like where it falls yeah. in the ankles? So mm. I, I just, I wasn't a fan of it. I mean, clearly the judges, A, either liked it or B, just was like, whatever. Like, she's just amazing. It doesn't care. We don't yeah. care about the dress. But, um, but yeah, so I wasn't a fan of that. But her as a person, uh, you know, we both agree that we, we really like her. Yeah, I, I actually, her gown grew on me. It wasn't one of those where I loved it when she first walked out. But, I mean, metallic was the name of the game, right? I think we only saw two colors. We saw one red and we saw a navy. Oh, so, so three. Jamaica with Red, yellow. yellow, and navy. Yeah. That's the three colors. And then everyone else was in a metallic. Mm-hmm. And I thought just hers looked like second skin. Where everyone else's, I felt like, looked like beading. Hers looked really sleek. And I thought it was a really nice compliment to her 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 bun i guess it was more like a top knot not necessarily like an olivia culpo bun it was a top knot really sleek and i thought it was a nice compliment because hers had long sleeves but it wasn't a ton of weight so it was still streamlined it was metallic but it wasn't overly so um so it grew on me it wasn't my favorite but it did grow on me and i think it was a great miss universe crowning dress i mean she's my girl i liked her a lot yeah oh and shoulder pads are coming back i think two i mean she had like little mini shoulder pads in hers Mm -hmm. and there was another girl that had more um, I don't remember it now, but more prominent shoulder pads yeah. in her dress. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's coming back around. It's about that time. Yeah. Um, what do you think what worked about what South Africa did? Um, so the first thing I think that worked is she really positioned herself to stand out. It was not a major year of blondes. Um, so she was when you, she was crowned her country pageant, she was a really, really dark brunette. Um, and she clearly changed her hair color dramatically. I don't know if that was because of what she saw when she was looking at other contestants or they were prepping her, but thought it was a great stylistic change. She was the only contestant in the top five to have her hair up like that. Um, I thought it really stood out, made her look more fashion forward, edgy, modern um, than the others. And I also, I just think what worked is she had a soft gumption and I hate using that word, but I keep giggling thinking about her montage when she said she punched somebody in the throat. <laughs> and I was like, I like this girl. Like, got, like but she wasn't like, yeah. Punched the throat it was like i took a chance and i punched him in the throat and like that just seems like her personality right? yeah. it's a soft strength yeah which is and that she wasn't screaming like her her brand at us she was just like owning it and it was really enjoyable like it wasn't overpowering she knew what she had to offer and she brought it it's funny the same thing renata did to me when we first met she punched me in the throat and that's like this is the girl for me so there you go you okay. never gave up <laughs> love <can't>. it <laughs> what does it take to be miss universe you got to punch a guy in the throat that's what you got to do oh my gosh so (laughs) we're not just peeked her head around the office like 
No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I thought she she stood out in really subtle, smart ways. I mean, it wasn't over the top. It was really just wise choices. But again, like, okay, so, I mean, you're talking about the interview. Well, I was talking about it before. And then they pulled her aside when she was in her swimsuit, right? That's right. Yeah, and and it was only her. And then they pulled Jamaica um, aside, too. So it's like they... They could see the scores tallying up in favor of those yeah. girls. They had to have. Out of everybody that you pick out, I mean, come on. Yeah, and I loved, I loved Jamaica too. I would have been thrilled with her win as well. Um, but to me, I just really just South Africa had that it factor. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on record. And I'm patting my shoulder. This is this. I mean, last year I predicted France. This year, South Africa. Now I haven't had that success in America, USA. And who knows what next year holds, but so far, two for two. two there you two. go. Yeah. So if you have thoughts on this universe, we definitely want you to share those with us. Um, and tell us like maybe who your favorite evening gang was. You can email us or message us on Facebook. Yeah, so we can cover it in our hit or miss and let you know what we think about it publicly. So Jesse, if the girls listening want to work with you, um, how can they find out more about that and what would that look like? So they can visit pageantplanet.com backslash coaching to learn all about walking and posing a la carte sessions and VIP memberships. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47. $47.